thank you for everyone for coming back to another episode of the Black Create Connect podcast, where we speak with some of the most incredible, accomplished business professionals, black business professionals, entrepreneurs, founders, you name it. And today we have Charlene Brown. I'm so excited about Charlene. Because Charlene was a highly, came highly recommended by a close friend. Um, and Charlene Brown is uh, now founder. Yeah, so, co-founder. Yeah, co-founder, managing yeah. director of Howlet. Yes, wow. yes, that's correct. Yes, amazing. I love how you just hype me up like that. I feel not, oh, I feel blessed already. Thanks for having me. No, we have, we have to enter with energy. Give me that energy. Yeah, exactly. You know. Um, but how are you today? Good, 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 good. Busy, busy, busy week. So actually really glad to be here to forget about all of that and have yeah. a good chat with you. Definitely. Yeah, and just relax. Yeah, yeah. totally, totally. Aww. So for those that don't know what Howlett Brown is, and we're going to go into a bit more detail later on, but what is it for those that are thinking, okay, Howlett well, Brown? Yeah, so what? <laughs> <laughs> don't blame you. Yeah, so Howlett Brown is a people intelligence firm. So it's a hybrid law firm and consultancy firm. It's the first of its kind, certainly in this country. And we do basically all the things that I have done over my years of profession and enjoy, but we specialize in investigations, culture, learning and development, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And then we advise on employment law, privacy law, kind of culture. Um, and we work, even though we're in the UK, we work across yeah. the globe. Yeah. Really? Keep, keeps me out. My usual line is it keeps me out of trouble or on some occasions gets me into trouble. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, in, it's a really important work. Um, it's three in September and yeah, it's a fast growing team too. I love that. So usually, right, what I do with most of my guests that come on here, I start with their um, early years and kind of walk on to what they do today. But I feel like I want to start backwards. Fair enough. You. <laughs> I feel like I, I really want to understand more about why you started. I mean, I think you started, um, yeah, not I think, Harlot Brown just before the pandemic. Yeah, so September 2019, so what, a couple of, six months before the pandemic and the lockdown that we never want to talk about anymore. Yeah, I, so I worked, um, so I'm an employment lawyer by special, by specialism. I worked in house as an employment lawyer for many years, um, and then went to a US law firm and practiced employment law. But at the same time, I'd had a kind of long standing career in diversity, equity, and inclusion. I'd been doing all of that stuff on the side, um, running networks internally at organizations, helping my friends run networks, joining advisory groups to help networks. And by networks, I'm talking like employee resource groups at, yeah, yeah. in workplaces, um, along with having side hustles myself, being that budding entrepreneur. Yeah. And I just kept seeing that there was employment law, advisory work, HR advisory work, and then you've got DE&I work here, diversity, mm -hmm. equity, inclusion. And actually those groups didn't share the same skill set. Mm -hmm. And how really could you advise and help people, individuals or companies do better, be more equitable yeah. if you don't actually have a common ground of skill? Yeah. I did have that that skill. So you've done all three. All yeah, three yeah. And so I 
I'm not, well, I, I do practices in, in, in a HR capacity now, but I'd spent years advising HR of you, all manner of different issues of what they should do and how they should resolve things in the best way. So I just thought it was really important to bring it together because what you have in the middle of all those different skills is culture. How can we understand people? How can we do better in the workplace? How can we just do, be, do, be better by as people mm. if we don't, understand all the different parts that make up who we are so I so I decided to take a bit of a swing and bring it together and see what happens mm-hmm. I, I was in the best place I could have been in terms of my career I was at an amazing law firm one of the biggest law firms in the world run by a woman uh, it was an American law firm my whole path was pretty much getting mapped out there had the best boss couldn't complain but just felt like something was missing and it was this it was needing to take a swing and see if I, if, if this, if I, what I saw actually really had value in terms of helping organizations drive change. So our whole premise is about, is about ensuring employers can keep their people risk low because risk is an important fact to consider no matter which way you look at it, but also ensure that their purpose, their integrity, Mm. um, you know, and their inclusion thrive at the same time. Mm. And it's, yeah, it's gone well. So we launched yeah. in 2019. I have 20 staff now. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got a big office, bigger office now. And where about the office? Like? Farringdon. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. So you're you are doing extremely well. Yeah, it, I won't lie. Especially it's hard. Okay, yeah. So like, like keep keeping it 100 because yeah, I'm someone that aspires. Actually, right now I'm, I'm on a journey to trying to you know, getting my own, creating Black Create Connect into an actual viable business as well. And hopefully one day, like yourself, employing staff and everything yeah. and doing the rest. What have been some of the key challenges kind of making that switch from being in a thriving career, not having to think about too much? Because I, there, there's a massive switch from when you're an employee to when you're a business owner. Yeah. So talk to us about that transition. Yeah. And has your race and your gender played any part in that transition or has it not? Yeah, yeah. No, good good questions. So keeping it completely real, because I can't be any other way, <laughs> just so you know, um, there are many, many, many lessons learned. I think the first, I've always, I think I, if I'm honest, I think I was an entrepreneur who needed to be a lawyer first to have the confidence mm. to be to be an entrepreneur, mm. if, if I'm honest, because I, I am... I'm a, I'm very, very creative. I'm very, very solutions focused. Mm. Um, so I had the ideas and I had, I had the kind of visualizing of the, the big, big goal, but the journey in between was always something that needed finessing. Mm. But I remember when, when my co-founder was around, she's, she's left the organization now. Mm. One of our first realizations that we were on our own is, you know, we used to work for big American companies. We'd turn up on day one and our laptops were there, our business cards were there, our phones were there. It was Everything like, just so here you go. Yeah. I'm like, what laptop do I get? What security? <laughs> yeah, what security measures do I need to have? What, um, what firewalls and systems and VPNs do I need to have? And it was like, oh God, okay. So, and that was the very start. We're authorized, so we're regulated too. So I had to go through all that process to do that that was that was a lesson learned but to be honest they weren't insurmountable because I knew they were part of the journey if I'm completely honest the thing I think has been the most difficult is the people side of it yeah for someone who's very people managing people yeah 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 for people for someone who's being very who's very people oriented and 
actually advises on people. We're a people intelligence firm. Actually, the people has been the hardest bit. So, you know, so, and I, I tell all of our clients, we are forever students. We're experts in our field, but for us to walk around and pretend we know it all every single day of every single year for as long as we're in existence is, is arrogant and, and, and not right. So there's been a lesson, a, a huge lesson learning curve there. It came because, so in March last year, mm. it was just me and my EA and a consultant. That's it. So you've grown from to 20 people? In that year. Yeah. So everybody's wow. growing. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. what's that process been like for you? Because Talk. I struggle as well with <laughs> just random people doing jobs for me that take yeah. a couple hours. So yeah. how, how, how have you found that? As a leader, you have difficulty in prioritizing what, what you should do and where you should be, right? So for anyone who knows me, I've always been a mentor. I've always been somebody's cheerleader. I've always gone the extra mile of helping people achieve whatever they want to achieve. I will still always do that. It's still who I am, but I don't really have the bandwidth to do it nowhere near as much as I used to. So pulling back from that, being wanting the best for people and being commercially minded and understanding that my clients need to get what they get. They need to get the best level in service, but I still have a business to run too. Question. Go ahead. How have you made that transition from pulling back, being a mentor to focusing and knowing where to prioritize because again I feel like that's something that a lot of us mm. that are trying that are aiming to be their own business owners we, we might struggle with yeah. trying to trying to figure out so how did you practically do that I'm I'm not naturally a person who puts myself first I'm always thinking about everybody else's needs before mine okay. I think I had to flip that and to think about the bigger picture for the business to have the longer term impact that I wanted it to have for everybody, right? Um, Ultimately, I'm an activist at heart. I'm fair and objective, but I'm an activist at heart. But I work predominantly with employers as opposed to employees. But my view is if I can work with an employer and steer them in the right direction, it will have a better impact for the employees, right? So my route is different to what somebody else's might do. So practically in terms of pulling back, I just had to say no a lot more to certain things. Um, I had to weigh up what was going to drive my goals for my organization or me personally. Um, I'll be honest, I probably went too far with that in terms of not really thinking about the things that bring me joy. It was all work, work, work and work. So I've pared it back a little bit more. Like the things, well, I'm sure we'll cover it, the things I do with the Ivers Academy. Mm. You know, I I used to be, before I was a lawyer, a budding uh, singer-songwriter. Um, really? Yep. If I was not at work, I was in a studio no <laughs> recording. Way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't do that anymore, but working with the Ivers brings me joy because I get to be around musicians. And so, and so I'm building my pathway back to be able to pick up some of that because that's important for me and me filling, this sounds super deep now, but me filling my soul to be able to be better at work and better for everybody else. So Yeah. yeah, there's, there is nothing has felt settled in my life for the past three years but I think that's because of all the change that we've gone through as a society but also my business has just has just gone through the roof so have you had a point in your business or when you was first starting when you was like how am I gonna do this like how am I actually gonna make this yeah a successful business like I I, it's all in my head and it all makes sense but (laughs) 100% 100%. so like again leveling with you 
the law firm, I, so US law firms pay people an awful lot of money, right? You, you can be 24 and be on 150K, depending on where you go. Like it's a lot of money. So I remember walking away from my law firm. I'd only been there 18 months, right? So I was, wow. I wasn't used to the money, but I had also got used to the money, right? And um, I remember leaving because it just, money doesn't drive me actual curiosity and achieving certain things drives me. Yes, we all want nice things and we all want to live in a comfortable way, but it's never been my my dominant motivator. It's been achieving goals. And I remember walking away and leaving and having to half my, you had to save. And I was operating on half of what I was getting monthly um, at the firm, which was less than I was getting when I was at the bank too, right? So this was a real cult, like culture shock for me. And I'm not kidding, every other day, so alter, alternate days for at least a month after I left, I had a different reaction. I had one or the other. So the first morning I would wake up and it would be liberating. I'd be like, oh, I'm free, watch me fly, oh watch all these great things. The next day I'd be like, oh my God, will this work? Oh. Have I have I done the right thing? Yeah. What if I fail? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also lawyers, um, Reputation matters, right? Yeah, yeah. And the idea of failing in front of my peers was a weight I carried yeah. more than I probably should have. Um, and so I was like that every other day. I still have worries, but different types of worries now, right? Yeah. So like I built an incredible pipeline of work. Now it's, I want to make sure that I give the client, I work with some incredible clients. I want to make sure I give them what they need. Yeah but I also don't want to be reactive to what comes through the door. I want to be proactive, but we've not done any kind of sales related really? work. It's just kind of come to you. Yeah. See, it's weird. So I'm going to be completely honest with you right now. Those emotions that you're describing, <laughs> I'm feeling those exact emotions right now. Like exact, like every day. I mean, I've recently just been made redundant. So I'm, I'm working things out on my own. And like one day I'm like, power to all. Yeah, I'm yeah, great. You can do it. <laughs> I'm jobless and I'm going to work for myself. And then some days I'm just like, no, 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 wait, 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 where's the stable income going to come from? Like it's, it's up and down. Yeah. I like what you're saying. It's crazy because even yesterday I got a message from um, someone I used to work with saying, oh yeah, this company's looking for this. And I was like, okay, that's great. They was like, it's for you, yeah. duh. And it's like, oh, it's, <laughs> it's still not processing. So you must have, I'm sure you had so many referrals coming your way, mm. naturally. Did you clock onto every single referral or, or were you like, I'm not ready yet for this one? Or how did you respond to that? No, I didn't. So interesting, when I left and I was trying, we, I left in, I left my firm in June and we launched in September. Okay. We'd been working on it since January, okay. to be fair. Don't tell my old boss. <laughs> yeah. And, um, it is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. And, um, and I got, got an offer to do, to do uh, a temporary assignment in another law firm. Okay. And when you're nervous about, well, where the money's coming in from, I had, there was everything in me that was tempted to do it. And I thought, no, if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna take this swing, I need to really take the swing. There was, you know, I'm sure we'll cover it, but there was also a real personal driver of why I needed to do it because I'd com I would, I was running on so many compartments in my life. I felt like I felt like a bit of a jigsaw, right? And I needed things to come together. Yeah, so I stopped yeah. myself and forced myself to go to make sure I, I took this swing the way I needed to. Yeah. But in terms of business referrals, I mean, I don't think you can say no. 
when you when you're starting out yeah and I and the, perhaps there is something wrong about that and I'm happy to be told and debate that out with people but I felt like I needed provided it was in my wheelhouse I needed to just get my foot in the door yeah, yeah and yeah. and that's what I did and they just kept coming and coming and coming and like I said I you know we've grown now 20 staff so it worked well but for yours I mean because <laughs> I again I want to also make this conversation about you like I don't know any details about your redundancy, but sometimes things happen for a reason. They do. And redundancies can be a beautiful thing. Take it from an employment lawyer, because when do we find ourselves in an environment where we get payouts Exactly. and a minute to take a break and pause and think about what on earth we want to do with our lives. So see this as a beautiful opportunity no matter which way your route goes because there's something that you can take a a take a stab on I know I ended up before before I um was it before I quit before I quit I went into therapy um because I wasn't happy couldn't figure out why um and I but then I realized quite quickly on it was it was about that. It was making this, should I make really? this jump? Should I not make this jump? Yeah. Then the conversations flipped to, I couldn't figure out whether I was more excited or terrified about taking this plunge wow. because the kind of chemical uh, sensation of fear and excitement are the same. Yes. Sir. And so I would have that. <laughs> I'm like, sure. I feel it. Yes. <laughs> and so I would have that conversation. I'm like, I can't tell if I'm more excited or terrified. Yeah. And the truth of the matter is you can be super excited about what's to come, but you can't have it all and not be nervous about it. And part of that nerves and that terror is actually the adrenaline you need to get it over the line. Cause when it, when all said and done, with no matter how much stress I can have, no matter how much sleepless nights I can have, because I will sometimes run numbers in my head when I'm sleeping and don't even think about it. I would have had, without a shadow of a doubt, more regret not Not giving this a go than than staying where I was. Yeah, that's the thing. I feel like a lot of um, young, well, people in general go through those emotions, right? So I know... I think that there's a need for more black business mentors and black mentors in certain areas. But I understand the the practical issue that you're busy. You have a lot of things to do. So how should um, young entrepreneurs, ethnic minority um, entrepreneurs go about finding mentors that can give them time? Should they be prepared to pay? Should should they go to networking events? Should they just reach out to strangers? Should they just let let it organically happen? How should they build a mentor so that they can grow on entrepreneurs or employees entrepreneurs entrepreneurs so it's, it's a really interesting one because it's it's a lonely old road when you're building your business um not many people get it not many people will understand the grind um and even if they do if you're doing something quite unique or you're a first in this space or it, people still won't get that yeah so I'm, and i I don't have many mentors around me, but I know I have some and I have some incredible, incredible mentors, but I, they're also more lawyers than they are business people. But yeah. And I think I, I need that, that business aspect of it. Mm. Um, so it, it's, it is keeping networked. It is keep uh, building relationships and putting yourself out there, not necessarily with a means to, 
I need a mentor because I need something from them. More just who can I meet that it, that is in my new circle and how can I build meaningful connections and help each of us get ahead? Mm. And, and I always had this clear in my head, even when I was an employee, a mentor, it's not a one-way relationship. It's a two-way relationship. So you, have, you have to value that relationship and what you get from it and give as much as you get. Um, so when you're in when you're in the entrepreneurial space, if you meet and connect with people, then by all means, definitely have that attitude because that that is something that you can explore. There are mentoring kind of circles and programs like Bianca Miller-Cole runs her own with her husband. Yeah, there are there are those out there and they run you through like the business and commercial aspects of it. Um, But I think I'm not sure how much is out there to when you get to a certain stage of, I don't know, revenue or growth, who that circle can be. But I'm, I'm, I'm still very early in on my journey. You know, my, my full swing entrepreneurial journey only really started three years ago. So I'm still early, but I wouldn't give up on it. And I still certainly keep, keep your eyes open and see what opportunities come up. Um, and you build, you, you know, I, I build relationships every day and I, I don't realize it. And so you just keep that attitude and it, yeah. you will find those mentors, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, good. That's brilliant advice for anyone that's thinking or wondering how to go about that. But just keep putting themselves in situations, keep expanding your circle. Yeah. And it, and it will come over time. Yeah. So onto the work that you do with clients, mm-hmm. I know that you deal with a lot of things around discrimination harassment Mm -hmm. diversity um you know whistleblowing um yeah bullying all of these different things so first of all how how have you dealt with a situation where the employer has potentially been in the wrong with Mm -hmm. a, a circumstance how does it work because i know i noticed that you mentioned you only work with employers and yeah. hopefully they can help the employees so how how would you go about a scenario where employers approach you but actually you've realized you're you've done the bullying here or you've done yeah. the you know discrimination here yeah so I guess the first thing is how it would work in terms of a practical approach is a, a client will come to me and say we've received a complaint of um bullying and microaggressions we need it independently investigated. Can you investigate it? Can you um, can you pull the evidence together? Tell us what you find, right? So we say, okay, fine. So we go ahead and we then in- investigate it. We put a report together and then we put our findings forward. Now, sometimes we don't always make that. Sometimes we do make the final decision. The employer will say, we need you to tell us exactly what you think and you make the decision. Sometimes the employer will say, actually, can you just give us the facts? We will make a decision internally with a panel or it will be, can you give me a bit of both? Can you tell me what you think we should be doing? And actually we'll just, we might endorse it um, in the workplace. And and that's what we do. Um, I've, I'm a straight shooter and I never... I'm I'm an incredible, this sounds really cheesy. I'm a very ethical based person, like to the point where I don't like to lie. I can't lie. It feels very uncomfortable for me to lie. So even if a client tried to swear me, the facts are the facts. 
And what I have, but when I meet employees and when I meet people during the interview process, there is instantly a distrust for whom me and my team are. And it's, yeah, but it's understandable. It's, they ask, you know, they're, they're, they're complainants. They've, they've experienced something, Mm. how, whatever happened that they thought was bad. And they thought that, that they should never have experienced. They felt that they were mistreated because of one reason or another. Mm. So they're going to be emotional they're going to be angry. And I get that. So when, when an independent firm comes in, they don't hear independent. They hear my employer is paying you. Not all, not all the time, but sometimes. So they'll be saying, well, will you even be integral? Yeah, Yeah. neutral. So we make a lot of time then to meet with those people. And I, and again, I keep it real with them. I just say no one client is worth my reputation. No one client is worth my regulatory status. I will, I will never, I will never lie. And no one can persuade me to, to state otherwise, other than what we've been doing. Mm. Once we've had that conversation, they, they they're usually then comfortable. Obviously employers sometimes hear they get information back from us that's great they didn't actually do what they thought they were doing yeah. but there's some really important things they need to work on yeah. and they take that on board sometimes they get told no 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 this happened and this yeah. is a problem and I've had a few situations where because it's so emotionally charged for everybody there is this um reaction to want to defend and I've said to a client before, like respectfully, my job isn't to defend my findings. You ask me to deliver my findings. Here's what they are. You want me to help you figure out kind of how culturally you improve your organization. I can help you with that too. But yeah. this is what it is. This happened. Yeah. Um, and and sometimes they say it is what it is we need to deal with this and we need to take this on board and we need to make a difference. I'll be honest, the majority is the latter. People really do want to make change and people really don't understand how things can get so bad in workplaces. I think over the last couple of years, this whole this whole point of intent has really started to resonate with people and give them something to think about. So for example, no one ever wants to, you're driving down the street, you bump into the back of someone's car. You never want to really bump into the back of someone's yeah, car, but you still may knock their car and you still may have make damage, right? Um, even though I'm trivializing that to some extent to a person's experience, it's more just simplifying it in the sense of, we. there are some things we can do as people that can cause massive offense that we never intended to, to do. That doesn't mean it didn't happen. And that doesn't mean it doesn't need to be addressed. And so that's that's how we, we rationalize that with them. You may not have meant to, but you did. And the impact is this. And so we need to figure out how you address it going forward. Yeah, it's it's not it's not easy work. It's, it's, it, it can weigh on you a lot, but it's incredibly important that you make sure that, you know, if there's a way that you can move an organization forward, I don't know, because it does something incredibly special for the world or it has great people or people just deserve, you know, to be treated fairly, then it's worth that with what we have to go through sometimes. You sound super passionate about what you do. Clearly you're passionate about what you do. Yeah. I'm curious to understand where that came from, where that started, how you became so passionate about wanting equality, because like, like, like yourself, 
I'm like that as well. Like I'm really passionate about having a really good, healthy workplaces, great cultures. But there's also some people that are not as passionate as making the change. They want to be yeah. in it, but they don't want to be the yeah. driver of it. Mm. Many people don't want to be the especially most people. Yeah, black <laughs> women as well. Yeah, I, I've, I do. I do find that it's like, oh, I don't want to be the person to. And I, I get that though. I get yeah. that because the other side of the coin. That when you're an employee, yeah. that can have um, double meaning, right? It can it can catapult you in terms of the progression of your career, or actually it can uh, it can categorize you and put you in a box in terms of limiting what your potential are yeah. is in that place. It always really depends on where you're at. I, you know, my when I really started to progress my development in that area, I was at the bank and. Um, I did. I had mentors and sponsors who saw that as potential and helped me climb. But I also had people that didn't like it to the point where really? they don't know I know, but I, I got blocked. I've, I've won a few awards and I got blocked for awards because the the kind of narrative was Charlene's won enough, spread the love. And it was always about trying to really? yeah limit my progression. It happened. So I get why people are thinking, do I want to be that change? do I not want to be that change? What is my concern? And they have to do what's right for them because they can't carry the world on their shoulders. That's not any one person's responsibility. But if you're naturally, if you're naturally built as an individual to want to do the right thing and to drive change and you have this energy and a view of how you can change things, then you should, if you want to. And, and that I've always been like that. My, my dad was in, kind of diversity and inclusion space from when I was a kid. My first experience wow. of working in kind of DNI, I was seven. I went to really? Zim- Yeah, I went to Zimbabwe. Um did some work there, met Mugabe, all sorts of people. Wait, what, what type of work did you do in Zimbabwe? My dad well, I I say work, but <laughs> my dad worked. Okay. I set up a pen pal scheme <laughs> between my schools, but That's got still good. That's Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. got to really un- start to learn about different cultures and how schooling was different and that whole kind of just difference of people and nuance of people. I learned a lot about that. Um, and then just kind of followed my dad around in what he was doing. He did documentaries on gangs in the North. I was really? a part of that. Yeah, he did a documentary on being shared heritage and what that meant, that dual identity. So I, this was, he also made me watch Roots when I was seven. So like, <laughs> so it was, so, <laughs> was like, you're gonna learn. Yeah, you are gonna <laughs> learn. So I, so this, this was very much my lens um, from the beginning. It's actually funny because I never, I wasn't sure I was going to be an employment lawyer. So to now have, to have gone through my journey and be an employment lawyer and then look at it full circle, it's hilarious that I didn't know that when I was going through the journey yeah. because of what I did. So yeah, so for me, it was, it was doing the right thing and making a change was always going to be that. And I, I'm not, you know, I've always find, I've always found those kind of views. Oh, it's always done this way, quite mm. jarring mm. and irritating bit irritating mm. so um, if there's a way that we can improve to help people then it should be done and I've just I've just got that approach and would you say your dad's had a massive impact on that or yeah he has he has I do and so is my mum to be fair but I do because my mum's my mum that I'm half Irish half Jamaican and my mum oh, has this yeah, yeah <laughs> my mum has this kind of fire in her belly yeah. like she's the Irish or Jamaican yeah she's the Irish one that just like 
kind of just relentless energy to achieve just won't not nothing will hold her back I think the combination of the two helped me and seeing them both work because they had all three they met when they were 12 got married at 18 had me at 21 had all three of us um I've got half brother as well but had the three of us full siblings by the time they were 30 and then went back and studied so I also saw what grafting and hard work looked like yeah Yeah. but yeah they were both really inspirational to me just in very different ways um and I see yeah I do things slightly different to what my dad still does but there is there are certainly synergies what what do you think different about what's the things that you do oh different to what he did um well I'm a lawyer so uh, yeah I do I do legal advice he he does he delivers training like I do but I also he doesn't investigate issues like I do my dad's you know my dad's um um he does a lot of he, he he has a PhD um in in a lot of this work and in this area in kind of psychoanalytical skills and mm. he's done done a lot of research on black leaders in white institutions he is mm. that guy um but I just look at it quite differently he's also in the north and I work across a global remit so there's just there's just differences but we right, do okay. we do chat about the similarities and the differences at the same time yeah. I love that. Yeah. So when you was in school then, I'm guessing you kind of knew, yep, I want to get into law. Or, or be Beyonce. It was one or the other. Ah, oh, you <laughs> sung as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, okay, so hold on. Let's let's take the pause on the law. <laughs> let's, let's go to the fun side of it. Yeah. Singing, soul, songwriting. How did it come about? What, where, where did it go? How, how far did you go with it? Yeah, gosh. You know, I don't actually remember how it came about. I just realised I could sing in school so we do all the school shows um kind of perform there was a few of us that could sing there's a lot of singers in my family on my mum's oh, side really? yeah I've got a lot of my I have a musical family in that sense also on my dad's side to be fair and I uh, sample, but I don't know no do know. not ask me singing singing oh, is like singing wait wait singing is like going to the gym if you have not been for a while don't try and do 100 squats right there and then so like I'm not gonna sing for you I'll sing you a link afterwards but it yeah. can't feature it okay this. no 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 wait, wait. sorry <laughs> okay. guys i will not be sharing the link but i'll be watching it myself yeah i'm curious to hear yeah. what you have yeah well it's i don't you you can you can be the judge of that but yeah i got into that and then i started spending because i'm from huddersfield west yorkshire yeah so it's actually a, a quite a musical town. I went to this kind of youth center that had singing, dancing, mu- music, that type of thing. I was in a dance group. They had a so studio. So you done dancing as well? Yeah, don't ask me to bust moves well, either. Because I'm the going on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was funny, and um, we used to do dance competitions and stuff. But I used to then record and got in, got into the this band. Um, was 15 but and the the guys in the group were much older than me so they brought me a mentor her name was Nina she lived in London but from Huddersfield she was amazing she'd worked with Craig David and other people she helped me develop my first uh it was one of the reasons I came to London I used my law degree as a as a mask to come and do music which is madness your parents yeah I mean (laughs) number one rule I can't give you don't ever use a law degree to hide a music career. It makes no sense. Law, law degree is not easy. Like pick something else. Um, and then I just recorded. So I was recording with different kind of urban underground artists and stuff. And then a few things that I would say really were really kind of pivotal for me was um, two of my songs were on, well, one of my songs was on ITV. 
um, two, ITV two on a TV show. Okay. There was a girl band in a reality TV show, and they kind of performed my song. They took two of my my songs. Oh, so you you've been you out y- there? Yeah, out but there. when we're saying out there, out there, we're talking like out there, out there, because there's other people who are out there. No, out but there. you know, we're focusing on Charlie. <laughs> what what was your singer name? Was it just Charlene Brown? Definitely not telling you that either. Oh, you have a different singer. Everyone's gonna be online like. Um, of course I did like I'm, a, I'm also a lawyer right so yeah, my yeah, yeah. my creative to. outlet my my writing is quite different to my drafting so yeah um I got to work on the first Bollywood film filmed in the UK so I did the English side of the soundtrack and that was cool I worked with some of the best music producers kind of in India and in other locations and that was awesome you have Bollywood songs yeah 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 the weirdest experience though I remember this I was in because I used to live in East London I went to the Cineworld in Ilford right and I saw the film kind of on the screen knowing that people had gone in there to go and watch it and then I looked on the YouTube link seeing someone mime to your voice is just like weird seeing that happen um yeah but that was fun doing that too um and yeah I've got I wrote I wrote I've written over 250 songs, recorded and written over 250 songs, yeah. And I used to manage artists too. So I used to develop and manage no, artists. Yeah, yeah, Charlene, yeah. Charlene, you're giving your yeah. boss, <laughs> Busy. <laughs> who, who inspired you to do the music side of things as well? Like, was there, Did you have a particular parent that was pushing you? Did you have an artist that you was like, oh my goodness, you inspire me? Like, who was No, because I've got a really eclectic taste in music, honestly. If you were to look at my like songs now, um, you'd, you'd laugh top five like songs right, ha- right now that oh is. my god i'd have to get my phone can i get my phone to check yeah let me check get your five you're gonna laugh top five top five top five um <laughs> this is gonna be I'm, I'm just i'm curious to know now yeah i'm, I'm thinking lord what did i <laughs> so believe it or not my first Ah, so they're a bit, sorry, just hit that. They're a bit different. I'm going to give you a few of them though. Okay. So the first one is From Now On from The Greatest Showman. Do you know that one? No. You need to listen to that. It's so cheesy, but oh, I've listened to it a few times this morning. Uh, Straight Up by Paula Abdul. No. 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 So this is like, it's like an 80s classic. I, I, when I heard Paula Abdul, I thought, my mum. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the Place Where You Belong, Shy. Do you remember that? No. Oh, see, I don't want to sing it for you either. No. I've got some of Beyonce's new album on there. So Summer Renaissance, Pure Honey, American Problem, Cozy. Okay. The Girl by uh, Girl by the Internet. Do you know that tune? No. See, well, we need to chat. No. <laughs> and then I've got, then I've got rock bands like Evanescence. But then I've got, Bashman on there too. Okay. And some real mix. Yeah, and then wow. do you remember Teenage Dirtbag? No. Wait, the song. She's yeah. just a teenage dirtbag. Dirt I have that on there too. Oh, wow. It brings me joy. I don't care. And then some house tunes too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you into and some I'm, Afro beats? I'm a piano. As well. Yep. I got. I've got a few playlists there. Like you can see it all. Yeah. I just see the names and the bright colours and the pictures. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's I'm a piano. So that's my, um, yeah, I've got, it's really, really, really eclectic, my, t- my taste in music. I love that. So I guess that's, because law's so serious, I guess that's a nice outlet for you. It is, yeah. Every now and then. Yeah, it is. And when I, I always knew, so when I was about nine, I think my mum and dad asked me, I mean, I don't know who asked that at nine. I must have a chat with them actually, but what do you want to do? And I was like, I want to be a singer or a lawyer. 
Just, I just knew. At nine. At nine, yeah. I have no idea why. Yeah. I, I can't tell you why. I just, I just knew. And um, my dad, obviously entrepreneur, was like, go and, um, go and, go and pursue your music. And then my mum, who was in, she's still in finance, but now runs her own business, um, was going, going to law. And apparently, I turned around and said, "I'm going to go into law to earn enough money to fund my music at nine. Wow. I wonder what my children you might be like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's just I just I followed that path, and that's not to say if anyone has those, if you don't have that kind of clarity, that's okay. that's actually a really good thing too that yeah. you don't have it. And if you change it, that's also equally good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I did. Yeah. So. Your path seems quite simple because I've, I find that whenever I interview people, people usually know what they're going to do around university times-ish, just about. Yeah. And then adults. So you kind of had like a clear path. Until, until I decided to set up my own business, I would say. My path's not as clear now because, you know, I'm going to run this business, but the, I have 10 years worth of business ideas that I want to build. I, I know I won't build all of them because it's an undertaking and a half, but you know, my strength is my ideas. I have ideas every day and I just want to be in a position where I can, I can be curious in my endeavors and not worry about anything else. I want that to be the driver. So it's not that clear about what comes next. You mentioned earlier that, um, people have been some of the most difficult things in your career so far. How have you managed to sell your vision as a leader to bring people on board? Because that's what I find, to, it's not massively challenging, but it can be challenging because some you might talk to someone today and say, yeah, I, I need this work done. They're like, yeah, great, sounds good. And two weeks later, you know, it's not done. And then I start to think, you're not passionate enough about this. Mm-hmm. So I need to sell that to you or I need to bring you in. Yeah. How, have, how, how have you brought people on that journey and what's been difficult? Yeah, that? it's... um. So I have, I have, I have less of an issue trying to sell. People get the business now, even though it it never really existed before. People get why it exists and Mm. people want to see change and Mm. younger, younger lawyers and younger DEI, because that's the other thing, right? So my team is combined of a multitude of different professional professions because actually the combination of the skill is the secret sauce, so to speak, Mm -hmm. as opposed to divisions in your business. Mm -hmm. So I have academics, psychologists, uh, litigators, employment lawyers, Mm -hmm. HR professionals, Mm -hmm. researchers, you name it. It's a combination of, of, of skill and we pull all of those skills in to give this kind of really holistic view of, of people. Um, so people get that and people are excited to work with us either as a client or as an employee. Mm. But generally I find it's the, it's the, it's the, it's really the reality of what that takes, Mm. right? I don't, you know, I want our culture to be great. I want our culture to be positive. Like everybody, we have a big office now and Everybody gets free food throughout the day, right? The snacks, the drinks, the smoothies is everything Dangerous. we make it. Yeah, it is. But at the same time, there are But it's happiness. It's yeah. but it's also it's also very hard work. Yeah. So I don't sugarcoat it for people. Mm. And some people want it and and some people have the stamina for it and other people don't, and that's okay too. Um I guess for you and me as kind of leaders in what we do, mm. we our kind of 
we can't want something more for someone than themselves than themselves I used to have that when I used to develop music artists I'm like I can't I can't want you to be a superstar more than you want to be a superstar. Like you've mm. got to, you've got to dig deep and push. Mm. And I think there's, I think there's a level of a lack of realization around how much mm. I've never been afraid of hard work, never, ever been soft at rolling up my sleeves, but even knew this was going to be hard, but this was even harder than I expected. So really? yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I get that. And I, and I rolled with it and I, and I kind of, I, like I said, I, I dug in and, and made it happen. So I think for people, it's that thing. It's actually, this is harder than you think, but it, but the rewards will come, but nothing, nothing, you know, hard work is, is necessary for anything yeah. you achieve. So it's more that, so, you know, that person, not getting back to you in two weeks, you've got a business to run. Yeah. They can't screw with your journey. Yeah. So you've got a decision to make. Do yeah. you give them another chance or do you let them go? Yeah, it's yeah. different when they're your employees, yeah. but you've got a business to run. Yeah, exactly. And so that's probably a big difference in me now. I've had to be, I've had to be a lot more kind of, um, um, boundary set I've had to set a lot more boundaries around what I will tolerate from yeah. what I what I won't yeah, yeah and be like enough already kind of thing yeah yeah but it's not my team's great and there's a lot but and they're all developing but as you build when you blow your business up and you do all the great things that you're going to be doing from from here on out it will be a case of okay who can I work with if they don't meet my needs then that's okay but I don't have to work with them exactly there's nothing wrong with that Exactly. So another question was more so on the DNI on the DNI front. So I know you have DNI professionals that probably work with you. What do you expect them um, to have in regards to like qualifications, knowledge, experience? Um, because I feel like there's a rise in professional in DNI professionals yeah, now, and there is. I, and I notice that there's um, there's just a, there's a diverse range of experiences, and I'm curious to see what you would qualify qualify to be great this is a great profile yeah yeah it's a really good question because I you know DNI professionals when you're in a room when when you're internal in an organization depending on that culture and depending on that culture um and if you're in a room with HR and legal DNI doesn't get a look in Mm. unless that DNI person knows exactly what they are talking about. Mm. A lot of DNI professionals have gone into that role because they had a passion for it, not because there was a technical skill applied to it. Mm. So for me, I if I bring any more DNI people into my business, I need to see mass potential. I need mm. to see that they either already have what I'm about to say or that they are willing to do this, which is you need to understand HR process. You need to understand people processes generally. You need to understand how issues realistically manifest in the workplace. Um, and you need to know your way around the Equality Act. Mm. And not enough to say the Equality Act 2010, you have to understand it. I'm not saying you have to understand it like a lawyer does, mm. but if you can't talk to me about that, mm. then for me, you are missing a third of what you're supposed to have with the DNI professional. Mm. I'll say that to uh, kind of any employment lawyers. So I, I have junior employment lawyers, and mm. um, kind of we will start hiring some junior DNI professionals soon. But both of them work on each other's matters mm. because they all have to learn it. Um, it's it's a it's a big thing for me actually. Um, 
in the DNI space because I've seen I've seen like you know Cambridge and Oxford and other places popping up with these masters, mm. and I look at the I look you know I look at the um, program and I think none of this will teach anyone anything. Really? Yeah. The other thing I might as well carry on. I'm on a roll now, but they're all they were all white um, yeah. professionals, and I'm not saying diversity only does isn't. Yeah. You know, there is there's a such a broad range of the meaning of diversity. I'm not saying it can't be white, but I'm saying it's not just white. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. There's so much more to it, and I think yeah, I think people get it wrong notoriously. So yeah. it's another it's another reason why I do what I do the way we do it because we don't take that approach at all. I think that's so important to reiterate. Um, not re- reiterate. I got you there. <laughs> I got you. Let me losing my words <laughs> because. I've been in um, different work environments where I've seen head of DNIs or DNI leads just completely get ignored. Like yeah, they they're not able to um, have any effective impact. It is difficult. Yeah, and I've just wondered, hmm, what is it that you know that that's not working that is working? Yeah, and for you, obviously, it's working. So mm-hmm. it's it's good to kind of know. It's because I think it's because I'm an employment lawyer, yeah, and I think well. it, and I think it's because I'm a. I think it's a few things. I think it's because I'm an employment lawyer. I think it's because I'm a strategist. And I think it's because I've worked in service provider businesses as well as in, internally in, yeah. in, in as an employee in businesses. Yeah. Not every organization is like that, but it's either you don't command the respect in an organization and you don't have a voice to drive change. Legal will always win. Or... An organization has brought you in because you need to fix everything and it's all on your shoulders. So either way, you need this skill set. Yeah. You need to be able to do it. I was a so I was a network leader. Um, I grew one of our networks when I was an employee by 94% across eight countries. Oh. Like the one where your friend was at. So oh, I yeah. I did I did that, but I learned the worst person to be a network leader is also an employment lawyer because I would get told by heads of DNI, right? Um, you can't do that. That's legal. And I'm like, mm, yeah, I think you'll find that it's I'm not. Lawyer. Yeah, I think you'll find that it's not. But they didn't want to. They didn't want me to do it. So that was the just as an example. So yeah. That we need to really raise the skill set um, and support the development of that skill set in the DNI space for sure. How did you build those networks as well? Because I know I, I want to kind of get into you building networks and being an advisor for so many different <laughs> things. There's a long list <laughs> of things. But how? But first of all, how did you grow the network internally in that company? Um, I treated it like. If anyone who listens to this who has heard me say it before, they'll be like, here we go again. Don't give her the mic on this. I treated it as a business within a business. Yeah. I treat I, My first thing was I treated that network like it was a business. So it was, what were my objectives? Who do I need in my leadership team? And then how can I navigate the plan, right? But within that, I also looked at how, what are the needs of the organization, as in the employer, what what are their what what's their commercial objective for the next five years? What language do they speak? What do I really want to do, and how can I meet them two in the middle? Mm. So a lot of the DNI work that we now do for clients is about looking at their commercial, their CSR, their ESG strategy, and overlaying it with the D diversity, equity, and inclusion one, so that they have one to work with, right? Because it's all one in the same. DEI, DNI, whatever you want to call it. It can't be over here while your commercials are over here. They have to be the same. Mm. 
So that was actually the mindset I had even when running the network. So we set goals, we set objectives. I recruited like it had gone out of fashion. I'd, I'd be getting a coffee. I'd find, I'd talk to people, I'd recruit them. I'd be coming out the bathroom, washing my hands. I'd talk to some people, I'd recruit them. I was one of those people. But here's the other thing that I, I did. I love that though. Yeah, but here's the, here's the other thing that I did. I asked them what they, wanted to, what they wanted to be and what they wanted to do or what they have an interest in, yeah. what their passions were. And then I figured out how I could bring them into the network. So yeah. there was a woman who did a communications degree and spoke four languages, but she was in recruitment and wanted to move into comms. So I gave her a comms role. And actually that experience was CV related and she left and moved on to do comms role. Yeah. So that's the type of thing um, that you do. And it can, it can work, but you, you have to have that kind of, um, you have to have that strategic kind of mindset. You have to, you have to think through all the no's and all the challenges you're going to get and already have an answer for it. And then you have to strategically take people on the journey with you. Yeah. Um, even if it's something that you feel is painstaking, you don't solidify and cement that change if, you, if they don't feel like they're on a journey with you. And I mean that with yeah, leaders yeah. as well as staff and people. Yeah, I love that. That was that was so, I felt like, again, you spoke to me because mm. as, as someone that has their own network. And I think to myself, how can I continuously grow it? How can I continuously get people involved? But I noticed that I'll be in the club or I'll be out on holiday and be like, do you want to join this, this network? But it's, you should. It's automatic. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Ah, that's the passion. Yeah, um, that is. But that it's is. nice to know that I'm, I'm not the only one. You're there. not the only <laughs> one. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> I was in the middle of the carnival and I got introduced to an accountant and what the carnival this was I'm years like ago well. the carnival is popping off everywhere and he and I are like so business card because I think to myself when am I going to see you again yeah if I'm, if, am I going to see you again or I'll say do you know what let's just quickly connect to LinkedIn LinkedIn QR code we'll speak and I, I remember actually this year when I went to Mexico and I met these ladies in the pool from Canada and when I got back they both messaged me saying hey it's so and so from the pool I'm like <laughs> love that I love that I love that I'm just like I'm so annoyed no. <laughs> like, so but I love it I honestly I love it that's um, the right way that, that's the that you know not many people have that that's yeah. a if that doesn't come naturally to you to to, to be an entrepreneur and build a business that's yeah. that's a missing element that's pretty difficult to fill yeah. especially if you're creating something from scratch so yeah. like hold on to that like <laughs> embrace so. it absolutely uh, on my updates yeah my go power days I <laughs> definitely will but I guess um for those that don't know I want you to list out awards balls that you're a part of as well okay advice <laughs> everything your accolades apart from everything else you've been a singer-songwriter and also a co-founder <laughs> and everything else but list out your accolades because I want us to Oh, I'm so awkward when it, you know, I don't like talk. I'll, I'll do it. But I also, I'm a person where I'm like, if I didn't have them, I'd do it anyway. Um, I have a PR and branding kind of team now and they're like, oh, can we do this? I'm like, no cheese, no cheese. Don't be like, don't be like doing all this cheddar about me. I just don't want it. I'd rather just do it about the work, but I will tell you because you've asked me the question and I've swerved a few, like my music (laughs) ones. So, um, in, uh, my old uh, my old bank they had a star award where they pick the top 50 out of the company globally and it had 55,000 people i won one of those in 2014 okay. oh yeah God. their star 
in 2006, 2015, I was a finalist in the um, European Diversity Awards. I didn't win though, somebody else oh, that's did. That's so good though, that you yeah. were a finalist. W- Woman of the Year. I was like, I'm way too early in my career to be against these and the right the That's right person won was it that yeah i think it was that in 2016 i won um the rising star in um financial services for the black british business awards Ooh, it was really really special to me that one i was um i still remember it like it was yesterday um in 2016 i also won the rising star for the legal diversity award um, in 2017, wow. there was a, you know, the Empower list and financial, it was Financial Times. So Empower and Financial Times used originally when they started, they listed the top 30 future ethnic minority leaders in this country. Um, and I was number two. That's amazing. Yeah, in 2017. I was like, I want to meet number one. <laughs> How do these come about? Do they just contact you and say you've been... No, you have to be nominated. Okay. People nominate you. Um, people, um, yeah, then there's a whole kind of panel uh, judging. I don't know how it all happens, okay. but you either win or you, or you don't. And so that was a really great experience. And then, um, then in 2020 and 2021... I was, um, gosh, the global diversity list. Um, I'm gonna get this wrong now, but I'm I'm on the I'm on the list for kind of um, to, I think it's like the top twenty leaders in the profession of diversity Amazing. and inclusion. Um, yeah, yeah. So and on that, and then recently um, we've been nominated for women in the women led company of the year as a small business by the British uh, Business Awards as well. So we'll find out how yes, that goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. love this, Charlie. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I want to more focus it on, well, I get, yeah, yeah, or, or yeah. just generally, to be honest, I would, I, I, there's something about our, our work that it makes sense for us to, yes, it's good to have a profile and yes, it's good to celebrate and I'm not knocking that and it's great to celebrate and everybody else that achieves um, or even aspires to achieve, yeah. but also what we do is quite sensitive. So if we don't get those things, we don't get that profile. Being discreet also has its um, benefits for what I do. Yeah. I mean, I I completely understand what you're saying because again, I get a bit awkward when people start talking about me. I'm like, "Eh, don't do that. But it's important to recognise that you have done amazingly well and you've been consistent with it as well. And you deserve the accolades. I'm sure it's not every day you wake up maybe and say, Charlotte, you are doing amazing. I don't know. No, I don't. So, so, <laughs> so, so, so I'm, I'm, I'm giving you that energy. Thank you. you. Be reminded that you're inspiring me. You've probably inspired so many people from this conversation as well. Thank you. Um, and I'm so grateful that you took some time out of your busy schedule Thank to come you. and talk to me. I, I'm feeling special. Oh, I'm, you are special. I, 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 because, for, because you came and spoke to me. So thank you so much. No, me. thank you for having me. I'm so glad we got to do this. I was like, I cannot, <laughs> I cannot reschedule. I need to be there. I don't, where's the taxi? Uh, I could have driven, but I was like, I need to work on the way. I'm not missing her again. Someone get her number. No, 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 it's, it's fine. I'm extremely grateful. And it's been a great conversation. Um, and yeah, so if any one of you like this conversation, feel free to share. Is there any last words you'd like to say, Charlene? To entrepreneurs, like take a swing. the worst thing you can have is regret and I hope I didn't bore you thank you so much for listening no one's bored I don't don't know (laughs) know? 
It is it's partly law, but Hello. thank you, honestly. <laughs> thank you, guys. <laughs> See you soon. Bye. Bye. You go. Uh, oh, that was lovely. Uh,